This is RAF with Tony Tone and LA. It's your boy LA. AKA the Love Ambassador coming to you straight live and direct from the Jungle Studios. Now, thank God we're not at war at the moment, but time will tell, time will detail. And a bit of an interesting mix today because I am half Polish and my co host is half Russian. And in between is Ukraina. Mr. Philly, what's going on, brother? What is going on, my man? How's it going, dude? All Gucci here. <laughs> Can't complain. Like you said, no, no war. So, you know, got to look at the bright side of life. That's right. I mean, just really hoping China doesn't take a top, crack at Taiwan and, and uh, yeah, you know, then it'll be all right. Because <laughs> if they do, then, yeah, it's well, been real. <laughs> then you're going to go over there and uh, set them straight. Uh, nah, look, I was actually thinking about this with the whole war going on, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I actually thought it out. I would fight if I was in, um, like, if Melbourne was invaded, right? So if, if like, if either Melbourne was invaded or my country, like Australia, was, like, physically, you know, they're landing on the beaches. Sure. Then, then I would, yeah, I'd, I'd, uh, I'd give it a crack. First, and then, uh, yeah, look, if the opposition won, then then I'd probably find a way to, to make some good business. But I think to begin with, you've, you've got to give it a punt to repel the whomever's invading your country, though. It does sound very invested. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like you think you're just going to be doing it with paintball guns. They're like, yeah, I'll give it a try. And if it doesn't work out, that'll be something to do afterwards. Like, who's to say you won't take a fucking bullet to the noggin? And that's right. going to be the end of your afterwards. <laughs> well, see, so the thing is, mate, I reckon it'd go one of two ways. I reckon either one, if it'd be like me playing Call of Duty and I would die, like, really quickly uh, and I wouldn't have to respawn, mm-hmm. or, like, War Hero. Like, there'd be no middle ground. There'd be like, oh, you know, he kind of fought the war and he got through it. It'd be like, nah, just one or the other, I feel. Well, I think statistically, we could kind of determine which way that's going to go. War hero, mate. Yeah. You, 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 you got to be confident. You know, this is the thing that I like. I've had some beef with Ukrainians in the past historically, but mm-hmm. having said that, <laughs> having said that, I like their attitude. And uh, you know what? You know what, Mr. Philly? What's that, bud? I'm going gonna to really risk it. And I'm living in the Western world. But I'm going to go there. It's good to see a bit of good old-fashioned masculinity back. A bit of good old-fashioned heterosexual masculinity. Now, I love all genders, and you can do what you want. And I'm all for you doing your thing. It's kind of refreshing that these Ukrainians are like, I want to send my wife and the kids to Poland or Hungary out of harm's way and I've never shot a gun before, but I'm, I'm going to pick up weapons and get some Molotovs because literally 
my country's being bombed and we didn't do anything to the other side is their interpretation of it, right? Um, yeah, so I kind of like that kind of old-fashioned, you know, bringing it back. The core values of, like, people talk about, like, what is masculinity? And one of the things that you talk about in traditional masculinity with women is that the, the man protects the woman and the children. So, yeah, kind of good to see a bit of a hetero back. Well, I have to say that, Jimmy, this is the year 2022. Mm-hmm. I thought we were past all this. Oh, you you're reckon the women and children should bear arms. I'm for women fighting. Don't get me wrong. I'm for, I'm for women picking up weapons and joining the fight. All for it, mate. But I'm just saying it's good to see, like, the bloke's sort of sense of honour. You know, at the end of the day, it's just uh, I don't really care. It's a personal choice. If they want to fight, they can fight. But, of course, they're going to probably not want to. I thought Ukraine had selective service. I could be wrong, but I, I thought I thought you had to do some years in training. So I thought all of them had a an idea of what was like how to shoot a gun or or at least that. But maybe not. I mean I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I figured they followed the I don't I don't know how widespread it is because just watching the news a lot of them are doing um doing uh, the training and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I actually have a friend who uh from Swaziland, which is a small little country, small independent country, but it's placed within Southern Africa. And she was actually with her other friend in Dnipro, which was, um, it's near the more, it's one of the biggest cities, but more towards the Russian side. Mm -hmm. And she literally, like a couple of days ago, just got across the Hungarian border. Mm. And um, yeah, she was like, it was uh, obviously a scary experience, but also like quite racist as well. Um, you know, being an African African person among a bunch of Slavic people fighting uh, was obviously quite a horrific experience, as well as escaping a war zone. Why? As well. well, I think from from what I can kind of gather is that the 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 the, the Ukrainians were like really racist to the Africans in terms of uh, it's it's all for one, one for all survival, and. Um, just yeah the whole kind of race came into it like what are you doing here this is our country like we have the right to get on the train first we have the right to do whatever oh my friend to be fair this is what happens when shit actually hits the fan all this kumbaya stuff is great in theory but like i said just look at any prison they don't have kumbaya gangs it's all like racial gangs this is what happens yeah i don't know the the idealist in me still wants the people to unite and help each other. Even oh, of course, of course they can, but it just, you know, it just has to be sure that there are no times like this. I don't know, mate, but then, you know, you, you people aren't talking about it. The Ukrainians also did have a history with all the, the Nazis and like, yeah, you know, look, I don't, I don't really want to take any, any side in this to me. It's like, okay, it's not cool that he invaded, but it's not, yeah. I mean, it's not good that he invaded, but then you look through, you know, uh, I guess the previous things that have happened and then it's like okay maybe he is a little bit of a loose cat okay he says shoot from the hip wild cat wild wild was cowboy and he just pushed him too much too often and then you know he's getting old so maybe he just finally fucking snapped and this is what you're left with um I don't think uh I don't think it's so straightforward that you know 
I mean, of course. Tap on your pen. Sorry to interrupt you, but that ten, pen tapping is just going to come onto the audio. Oh, sorry. I'm not sorry. editing it. <laughs> uh, okay, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, it's just something I don't want to take the side of. I feel bad for all the people who got caught in the middle. I don't want to say that the government, either government, is is uh, is correct or or wrong because of this, there's been so much corruption in Ukraine too under under this uh, Zelensky. And of course the U S is going to take his side because he's the one who's given all the freaking politicians, kids, jobs, earning millions, doing nothing. Yeah. Hunter, Hunter Biden, <laughs> mate. How many millions are they going to do? It's not just him. I think Pelosi has some connections. There's a couple other ones who all have connections over there. So look, it's for me, it's like, of course I feel bad for the people who are going to get caught in the crossfire. Right. It's horrible. And I, I'm, I'm on their side. Right. I'm not on, I'm not on the, I'm not on any government side. Okay. There's, I think that it's too complicated to be like, oh, they're right. They're wrong. I think they're both wrong, but it's always, of course, the, the people, the little people who are going to, the little people are the ones who get screwed. And it's just the way, this is, that's know, how it always had, is. They had soldiers, they had Russian soldiers that had like run it. They only had three or four days food and like not enough fuel. So they were running out of fuel and in towns and like just knocking at doors. And the Ukrainians were like, look, uh, beef's kind of a Putin. So providing you're not shooting at us, yeah, sure, <laughs> come in and have a bot to eat sort of thing. It's like, and then also even the, you know, you see all the things on, on YouTube of like <laughs> the tank had broken down and the Ukrainian drives up and says, come on, mate, I'll, uh, I'll tell you back to the Russian border. <laughs> But I think now it's going to take a bit of a turn in the sense that um, I think originally they went in thinking that it was going to, that the Ukrainians were like, we'll put on a bit of a fight, but let's just get rid of the current government and they'll leave us alone sort of thing. Yeah. I think that was the perception the Russians thought were going to happen. But then, I mean, no, as I was, I was having this discussion with my folks, no country gets invaded and the people don't fight back. Like, it's just... Was it really invaded though? I, yeah, it was just a very happy. How about France? Oh, you can't talk about the French, mate. Look, look the lot. Oh, okay, I'm triggered. I'm very, there. very freaking triggered, <laughs> mate. Napoleon, Napoleon wasn't even French. He was from Corsica, right? Their second in command was like a Haitian, like a half Haitian, half French coloured dude, right? Oh, they, 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 oh. Their tanks go in reverse. The only time they ever fight, right, is in freaking West Africa when they're having a coup. Fucking French, mate. And they're pricks. And on top of that, <laughs> and on top of that, right, Haiti got independence. Mind you, with the Polish helping them fight, right? So it's written in the original constitution. No white man can own land in Haiti bar the Poles because they came... And Napoleon sent the Poles to try and fight the blacks in Haiti. And the Poles were like, well, fuck this. They want an independent homeland like we do. We'll fight for them and help win. They made uh, Haiti repay from like 1800 to 1950 their independence. They basically took all of the money out of West Africa, right, and still used them as their little freaking, you know, quasi-colonies and everything like that. Mm. Well, that's how it worked back then. Because at the end yeah, of the no, day, fuck the, bro, fuck the French, mate. Well, what are they going to do? I think, but I think the same thing happened in the US. They actually. got nuclear weapons. The only thing that's going to help France in this whole entire thing is that they're they're the only ones there with the nukes. 
And the Germans haven't put any money into their, their military or anything like that. Yeah, well, it's so coming down to the polls, mate. Polska, Polska, Polska. Yeah, but Germany's not allowed. Oh, they're still not allowed, are they? I don't think so. <laughs> I think they've had I think they've had a history. <laughs> they weren't allowed after <laughs> World War One. They did it anyway. We saw how that turned out. <laughs> no, I was talking about I was talking about old men because we we were not the beach. Yeah. And I go, have you ever shot a gun? And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. When we were in Scotland growing up in the 50s, he lived in a rural town, but he goes, the army used to come and he said, as kids, we'd think it was great fun because we used to shoot machine guns and everything like that and practice drills and practice yeah. at the shooting range and whatever. And I'm like, what children? He goes, yeah, like when we were at school. Mm-hmm. And he's like, in hindsight, he goes, in hindsight, because... My father and my grandfather both fought the Germans. They were probably prepping us, <laughs> prepping us for the next war. And then when my mum was in Poland, she was a, uh, she had to do military training, and she was a um, like the captain. So she was in charge of the troops or whatever it was mm-hmm. in the like the reserves. But what was interesting for her, this is uh, this is in the the fifties, sixties. They said. You're the first Polish people since the first king, which was like 975 or 965, that hasn't been in a war. So for basically a thousand years, Poland has always been fighting a war. So that's why when it kicked off in Ukraine, <laughs> when it kicked off in Ukraine, I was like, oh, here we go again. But it's also interesting how the borders changed because my grandfather was born in Lviv, which is now Ukraine, but was formerly Poland. And it's the same with all those Russian separatist bits. They were actually part of uh, Russia, but given to Ukraine after the uh, the World War Two. Because after World War Two, bring it back to what we're talking about, Stalin basically moved all the borders over. So Ukraine got a bit of Russia, Poland, Russia and Poland. Poland got a bit of uh, Germany, and then Germany had like less amount there. So. Look, do you think it's going to go to? Do you think he's going to stop at Ukraine or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. I don't, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. I, I don't think it'll go that far. I, I think, think it's going to get really bloody now, though, because I think initially he tried to just kind of go in and topple the government, and now he's just going to go old school like he did in Chechnya. I think he's going to start flattening the cities. Uh, oh, uh, I don't. I think there's too much publicity around this one. I think it would be hard to kind of do that. I Does he wrong. care about the publicity though? Um, uh, maybe not. Maybe not. Fair point. But it's, I mean, I don't think he wants to turn it into it. You don't want to get other people involved physically, right? It's just not, uh, it's not worth it. Why do that? Get who involved? Is in get like other, other like other countries involved. involved? Yeah, like why would you want to you know go through the go through getting other people involved physically? Because now you have to start dealing with other. Nah, no, nah, I don't. I don't. Uh, okay, who knows really? But I don't. Th- I don't think so. I don't think so either. I think he's just going to stop and have Ukraine, Ukraine and Belarus as a border, because I think the initial the initial plan was to, um, the initial plan was really to get just a buffer from NATO, A. Yeah. Um, and then B, it's uh, it, it, it's a tough one. It's it, 
I guess I guess from an economics point of view, like what have you got? You've got a lot of grains. The Ukraine soil is actually some of the best in the world. Yeah. I heard some crazy stat that it's got like maybe it's just the wheat, but it's like 70% of the fertile land or something like that. Even yeah. the Poles used to always talk about Ukraina, how the the soil was like this dark, rich, fertile gold. Yeah. It's a breadbasket of Europe. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't think it'll get uh, – I don't even think it should have ever gotten to this. I mean, didn't – didn't wasn't there a coup from the previous president that was, like, pro-Putin and that kept everything kind of quiet? And then they got rid of him and put in this guy who's currently there. And now there's been issues. I mean, I think it's pretty – it's a pretty self-explanatory. Just give guarantees. But the problem is, is guarantees from the, the West is like uh, pissing in the wind. They don't really give a fuck about anything they agree to. They change their mind in like two years and be like, oh, sorry. As Ukraine's, as Ukraine's found out now because they gave up the nuclear weapons in 1994. Yeah, I, I, I they're not giving up the nuclear weapons because they have promises from everyone. Then none, none of this would have happened. I think I was watching a lecture on uh, on how things escalated so poorly. And apparently after the Soviet Union collapsed, they were giving guarantees that NATO wouldn't expand. And then within like a year or two, it started expanding. And then they were like, hey, what the hell, bro? This was Russia. And then obviously <laughs> NATO was like, no, that agreement was with the Soviet Union, but there's no Soviet Union anymore. So we can do it. Yeah. they. The, the <laughs> so it's like if you're dealing with people like that, the, why the you know what? Don't put everything on the Americans. Don't do that. You know, because NATO, they're happy. They're happy taking that money and using it. Right. If 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 they wanted to end NATO, they could easily end it. If everybody in NATO said, hey, we don't want to do this anymore. Get your shit out of our country. We're kind of done. What are we going to do? Start attacking the French and the Latvians and the Polish? Probably not. We're not going to do it. It would just probably be a big freaking problem. And a lot of things would have to be renegotiated. But it's not right. They're all very happy hosting, hosting, uh, hosting us. And taking our money and taking our equipment and buying from us. It's not, um, it, it's a joint it, effort. It's not joint though. That's the thing. Like when you actually break down NATO, it's basically America doing all the heavy lifting. Yeah. Uh, and then, and then the Brits and I guess maybe the French a little bit, but the, yeah, rest, but the rest is just kind of along, of the, they're along for the ride. No, but they actively go out of their way to get it. I mean, Germany for the first time just increased their defence bill. The whole time they were just like, you know, not not really doing anything. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I just, because I was having a chat to one of my friends of like, you know, do you think the Ukraine is going to go back to normal? I think this is going to end up like Afghanistan, bro. No, I don't think so. You don't think? No, no, I don't think so. I think as much as as much hoopla is going around as all this... Um... Uh, oh, how brave all the, which of course some of them are for fighting back, but I don't believe it's the majority of the population. I just don't buy it. I think most people don't want to be bothered. Ukraine has gone through so many hands so many times. It's been under the, the, the patronage and the rule of all different, you know, Russia, Ukraine themselves, Tartars, think, yeah, yeah, everything. Swedes, and longer, I everything. think they probably identify, uh, for sure, they identify more as Eastern European. Um, I think the way it's going to end is, 
I mean, unless something crazy happens, I would expect that Russia will be able to take over more of it. And then they're probably, and I, I don't think they're going to want to hold it though. I think they're just going to want to put a government there that is amicable to them. But I mean, the guy could also be amicable to Europe, just not in the sense of, hey, I want to be in NATO and, and join your club. I disagree. I disagree with. I actually disagree with their tactics initially of trying to be in EU and NATO because what they should have really done is just go, nah, we're like Switzerland on this. We're neutral. Yeah, we're I not, agree. We're, we're not putting. We're not putting bases. We're not putting missiles and everything like that. You can take the the next or whatever it is because they've got this like. Uh, the Ukrainians even have this like neo-Nazi group called like As of Sea which started off as just like ultra-nationalists and has just gone on to this like full-blown army. So they've been fighting with the Ukrainian army and the separatists and basically Russians in civilian uniforms since 2014. And just a side note, the Russians, because they'll probably be listening into this, uh, they've got probably some of the best hackers in the world. So uh, we also have listeners in Moscow. So um, to the Ruskies, look, we love the Russian people. And you also provide some beautiful things and beautiful culture. And uh, on behalf of myself and Mr. Philly, please do not hack uh, both us or our companies with malware and everything like that. We're just having a general discussion. All right, back back to the topic, mate. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think it, I think it's hard to predict what's. I mean, it's just it's just guessing, right? It's it's over our pay grade, friend. But I don't think it'll get to. Uh, I I putting my tinfoil hat on time. I think that the decision that this, that what has happened here is a much higher decision than what we think it's about. I mean, this has completely destroyed. I mean, people have kept talking about, oh, there could be food shortages. There could be food shortages. There could be food shortages even before this happened. Right. But I think it was a hard argument to make of why there would be food shortages in terms of, okay, if there's supply chain issues, You've had two years to fix them and you haven't done jack shit, you know, get your head out of your ass, tell COVID to fuck off and get people back working because people need to eat. So that's what they used as their excuse for a while to scare everybody, right? This, you're going to have trouble getting food. You're going to have trouble getting It's not going to work. But we've been hearing all this time, record grain harvest, record this, record that, you know, it's now they have the perfect, the perfect reasoning behind it. Right. Because now they're saying, oh, well, obviously, all the grain exports out of Europe are going to be getting held up if they even happen. Who knows? Right. I, have, you know, I don't think anybody knows. But Russia is obviously going to have trouble exporting except to China. Um, Ukraine, who knows? Um, I think there was something else. A couple other European countries are sort of on uh, something's going on with them in terms of exporting wheat. So now, yeah, there's going to be a huge shortage in terms of grains. Right, which is going to affect a lot of other... fertilizer has gone through the roof because it's made. It that's, comes out of Russia. Yeah, and that's another it. issue. I think Russia is the first or second largest fertilizer producer. So now they can't sell fertilizer, which means a lot of other places. Now it's not just affecting wheat; it's affecting a lot of other grains. Brazil, yeah, I was reading in Brazil that yeah. the cost of fertilizer has gone through the roof. So they, they're not. They can't afford to plant all the yeah, it's too maize and sorghum and whatever. And now you're having commodity prices skyrocket through the roof. Inflation's kicking in. Soon there's going to be a credit crunch where all these governments are going to start raising interest rates to try to combat something I personally think they can't fix because it's gotten so out of control. Um, I, 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 I don't know. I think it's, it seems like um, 
of course, there are baseline reasons for why it happened, but I think there's a lot of a bigger game going on in terms of like, uh, we just got through this COVID epidemic where we saw the whole world kind of come together and try putting on all these restrictions on people and uh, it kind of worked in some cases and it kind of didn't. I think it mostly did. I think a lot of people got fed up with the restrictions, but a lot of things slipped through the cracks and now they're, you know, traced together watching you and have all these new new rules that they probably have. Um, but now that there's going to be a food shortage on top of that and potentially a financial issue, I, I don't know what's going to come, come next in terms of what's going to go on. But for sure, some people are going to be very, very happy that this is, that this is happening. And even though things are going through the roof now, I mean, how, how will you be able to purchase anything? Where will you get enough money to buy what, what you need to survive? Unless you can, see, this is the one thing, you know, people say, oh, Russia's economy, Russia's economy, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, sure. You're hurting it now. But if there's a global recession and you can't even get your shit together and get food, you're all fucked. There's certain countries that'll be fine. Russia is one of them. They almost have no debt and they have plenty of farmland and plenty of energy. Australia is another one. US is another one, right? Brazil, another one. You have certain countries that can survive on their own. Then you have others like the majority of Europe that cannot. And it's, it's like, who, who are you competing against here in terms, of, in, in, in terms of thinking you can survive, right? You're playing it all off the idea that the current financial system is what you're basing off of survivability. It's like, nobody needs to use the fucking dollar. Nobody needs to use your fucking British pound, your, your, your euro. It's all crap at the end of the day, which is what's going to happen when all these freaking shit hits the fan. Everyone's going to realize that this paper is absolutely fucking worthless. And why should I, as a country, sell you something that has inherent value for a piece of paper I can't do jack shit with? Right. This is exactly what happened during uh, during the Great Depression and everything. Oh, so you, you so you, I was because I was, that was one of the questions I had in my head to ask you. So you've answered it for me. You you think we're actually heading into a uh, financial crisis or financial abyss? Because I'm I'm leaning more towards abyss. You, you said abyss. Think that it's, yeah. No, it's going to start off as a crisis, and I guarantee you, for sure, what's going to happen is they're going to start coming up with new new financial system they want us all to follow. Ah, yeah, we're starting into a global reset territory of uh, the, that, but what, the I world, mean, uh, world Bank, the, what's yeah, the, the world economic currency and everything. It will be. I mean, why, why, are, why are people, if there's anybody out there who doesn't think that it's something that governments want to do and will push for, I mean, you have to get with reality. I mean, if any, if this, if this pandemic has shown us anything, and if we see what's happening in, in, in China, right, because I think China in certain aspects are quite good at, at showing what a good system of control would look like for what governments want. Um, why do you think that's not going to happen? Who's going to? And everyone's like, oh, no one will ever let it happen. No one will ever let it happen. What? Of, of course, everybody will let it happen. If you scare people enough, they'll let you do anything. Well, and, just seen it now with, with COVID. Whichever side of the fence that you sit in, no one can, no one can uh, argue that people didn't comply a lot. There's no tomorrow, you know. Oh, I, I, I think for my two pence, first of all, I think it's a bit of um, spoke and mirrors from everyone. Oh, let's talk about an economic perspective. Because I think from a humanitarian and, and um, an individual perspective, like war is horrible. 
uh, and and people that experience it. And the longer that it goes on, for me, like I said, history and whatever aside, you're now watching these poor buggers that they didn't do anything wrong. So the longer it goes on, the more you really feel for them because you put yourself in that situation. But then where I say it's smoke and mirrors, hey, America's still importing like some insane amount of oil from Russia. Uh, even Iran, I heard that they import a million barrels. I don't know if it's a year, but a million barrels from Iran as well. In China, they've now set up a, a, a policy of like, you know, the West is after us, let's support our Russian brothers. So apparently like vodka, chocolates, uh, wheat, coal, oil, everything is going off the shelf, right? So the mm. Russians, like whatever they're putting into China is just getting bought up straight away. So yeah. yes, yes, they don't have MasterCard. Yes, it's, yes, the federal government, the Federal Reserve took $600 million from them or whatever it was in foreign bank accounts. Yes, the oligarchs are getting pinged and they're probably going to sit on to Putin. But the business is like still going under the counter, right? Yep. And it's this poor punter in Dnipro in an apartment building, some missiles coming, hitting him because he just so happens to be in front of the hospital or something like that. And it's this indiscriminate bombing. Now, leading into financial, I think we're going to have similar to slightly similar to 70s to begin with, lower economic growth, but sort of inflation. Now, whether we hit hyperinflation, that I don't know yet, and I hope not, because my biggest fear is hyperinflation, bro, because that's like all the money that I've saved disappears. And to explain to people how it actually works, right, inflation in the most simplistic terms is too much money within the economic system. And when you have too much money within the economic system, basically uh, the prices by nature go up. So if, if Mr. Philly and I originally had $100 and then the government gives us $1,000 each, when we go to buy bread, instead of it being $100, it becomes $1,000 and, and so on and so forth. And it's triggered by increase in prices of fuel that we're seeing and, and whatnot. And in terms of the finance, uh, it was interesting. I was having a chat to some of the older cats because I was like, look, I, I remember as a kid the last like, real recession uh, because I was somewhere around three, four years old. And the first memory I have is my dad playing golf. And I thought that he played golf instead of working construction because he didn't have any work. Um, and it was just that memory going to school and saying, yeah, my dad's a professional golfer. But you have people, like you said, that they've got absolutely no idea because the majority of the world, uh, bar probably, I guess, like people that were homeowners in America with the GFC uh, and like people in Spain and, you know, that, that have had unemployment, it's been pretty good times for most of our lives. So yeah. no, one, no one's experienced inflation. Like, you know, in Australia at the moment, there's an enormous amount of builders going bankrupt, right? There's a shitload of builders going bankrupt, even one which was pro-build. It's got $5 billion in projects. And I asked my dad, I said, well, what's going on? Like, and he's like, well, he goes, I'm, I'm older. He goes, I'm, what is he? He's like 72 this year. So he said, I, my working career was in the 70s with hyperinflation and everything like that. 
So I'm used to pricing in for price changes and, and whatnot. So I just by nature have systems in. He goes, it's still really difficult for me because the price of everything's gone through the roof to build a house. Yeah. But I, I've got that in my contracts and and I and fluctuations and, and triggers and everything like that because I've been in the game a long time. I've experienced it. But he goes, no one has experienced inflation that's your age that have these companies. So they're all getting pinged to the tune of like, millions and they can't afford it because it's not written in their contracts and they're all going bankrupt. So I think that we're in for a crisis because also what the older cats told me is before it really hits, it goes hyper erratic stock markets. Everything goes hyper erratic. So you and I are day jobs and we work in shipping. So we see it in shipping. We also see it in the stock market, right? So yeah, I, I think, I think the bubble is about to burst. And um, I read this really interesting book called uh, Mania, Panics and Crashes. And, yeah, you, you just read through that book and going back even to the true mania, right? Anytime there's an extreme amount of credit, which we have after COVID with the printing of the money, it all goes to shit. Now, in terms of, like, abyss and digital currency, I think digital currency will actually happen. I think we're basically there already with our... FPOST and ATMs and everything's online transactions now. Um, Terrifying. But I think I think the the one thing that that will push back uh, will be like our parents' generation, the baby boomers, because they're still quite a decent they're quite a decent voting block in a lot of countries. Yeah, who cares what they think though? They're still very much cash and everything like that. So I think it will happen, but I think it will be like, you know, may, may our parents live to 120, mate, but I think it would be once they're gone and they don't have that voting block to push back against it. Um, I, I don't think people will push against it. They're not going to do it. You, like I said, you can just see what's happened under the COVID stuff. But, uh, They're not going to push back against it. How, how, what could they do if, if, if they lose all their savings and the government says to make sure this isn't going to happen again, we're going to go to an electronic. You're going to have to get on board. Get on board or get uh, left behind. So you reckon that there's going to be hyperinflation, wipe out the savings, and the government's going to go say, we basically, what, we have to nationalise? We have to nationalise everything? Or? They're going to definitely want to put, at a bare minimum, they're going to make it so it's all going to be online and they're going to try to make it as if it was a better way of controlling the system going forward. But really all it is is just a better way of controlling people. Again, just look at Canada. If you see what happened in Canada and you're still okay with having a, a purely online system of money, you should be, I, I, I have, I have no words. And I have, I have just, no words. We have, we have listeners in lot, bro. Mate, when you look at the listeners, they're in every single most remote parts of the world as well as our local guys. Um, so for the listeners with Canada, was the, you're talking about Trudeau, how he, uh, yeah, froze, how he... The, he froze the... So basically, these truckers were protesting against the COVID vaccine mandates. They went to the capital, Ottawa. They essentially shut the city down. And then he froze their bank accounts. Is that correct? Personal bank accounts. The people accounts. who were protesting or were thought to actually be um, supporting it. Um, and they also froze any donations going to their organization. So 
you have people who are peacefully protesting something which is fully within their right to protest. The government decided that it wasn't within their right to do it and it was not appropriate. They couldn't get them to leave because of, of course they, they have no right to do that. Um, and then they just say, oh, we're gonna give ourselves emergency powers and just start uh, blocking you out of your, out of your livelihood. Now imagine if that was the norm and anytime you did something that the government doesn't like, they just cut you off. But wasn't that challenged in the courts eventually and he couldn't do it? No, he gave up his emergency powers because all the truckers eventually left or most of them left. It's always one pundit that's just going to stay behind, isn't it? Doesn't matter. <laughs> Doesn't fucking matter what it is. There's always one bloke that that was just the time of his life. <laughs> He's not leaving the party. Yeah. Uh, so but yeah. it's just uh, it's 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 bad news. That's all. And it's going to go. I think it's going to go toward that down down that social. It, for sure, it's going to take a little bit longer. That I think will take a little bit longer. But it's going to go down the social credit rating as well if they haven't already been doing it they just haven't implemented it well yeah i mean we, we already have it to a certain extent when we go for bank loans here right and you and you sit down and it's how much do you earn and what do you spend it on and you know they kind of get a they get a feel for it they don't yeah, that's fair though because they're giving you money right but in this case it's a government rating you and your your uh, uh you know your how admirable you are for certain positions in, in life and society and it's like we're gonna we're gonna evaluate who you're friends with what you do with your free time what you spend your money on what grades you get and all these things and they're gonna make some score and then it's gonna be like a credit score but for life see that that to me is horrifying that's what's gonna happen who's stopping it Look, I'm, I'm fully against it. And on an individual basis, I think most people are. But once you start putting it into these global scares, uh, scales, right, where you have the COVID pandemic, where you can, where they did take a lot of liberty to push the envelope to see how much they could lock people down and close them off from, from the freedom that they used to have with a very long time, no resistance, right? The next thing will be this, now you have a war scare in Europe, which is gonna scare people, right? And the next one will be, uh, come on, it, you just keep hitting them with shit. You got your fucking uh, plague, your war. Now you're going to have financial issues and uh, sh food shortages, supply shortages, actual shortages, not the bullshit that they've been peddling to us for the past couple of years, like actual problems now. Uh, people are going to be so worn down by everything that they're just going to, you know, just, just say, fix it. Just look how much people were crying to have their old life back from COVID. Now imagine take COVID and add all of these other things on top of it. Imagine what they wouldn't be willing to give up to have their old life back, which you're never going to get back. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I'll, put, I'll put my two pence in. I think a lot of what you're saying is correct. I think one thing that stopped people rebelling was uh, the fear of the fear of the virus that I stand next to people I'm gonna die from the virus. Whereas in financial or other things, is I'm in the streets and yeah, I might get shot by a bullet, but you know, it's it's all for one, one for all, and you know, let's charge the barricades, so to speak. So I think that the 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 fear of the virus and getting it and being in the crowd and whatever stopped a lot of protests. 
But I think, um, oh, look, seeing as though we've gone down this path of conversation, right, I think the biggest hurdle in Australia would be the the ownership of the house. And, and yeah, like you said, I guess the counter-argument to that would be the, the finance, you know, tanks and everything like that, right? Yeah. And and whatnot. So yeah, of course, you've got you've got uh, at thirty six, like you know, old people my age and whatever that that first home buyers or or whatnot. But then there's a lot of people with with owned houses. So the house, you know, like the house that my parents live, like they own that, right? So yeah. And then you know, then 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 people will inherit the house wherever they live from the parents. Sure. So either what they I do, think that, I think that would be the biggest hurdle because at the end of the day, if 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 you're actually, obviously want to have my job and be successful, right? But if I don't have my job, and then and then okay, I'm living with my mum and dad, and there's the social stigma of it, right? But actually, all I need to do is. Is is have food. So then, let's say that there's shortages. Well, then you would go to. We've got land on on not obviously it's a suburban block, but we've got land to grow vegetables and fruit and 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 whatnot. Um, so you would have an ability of like a market garden to be a little bit self sufficient. So then, all you really need to buy is essentially milk and um, meat and. If worse comes to worse, you probably buy like during COVID, the ownership of chickens went through the roof because people were buying chickens for their backyard, and then they did studies saying that it actually helped with people's mental health. <laughs> I don't know how, but yeah, you know, my only experience was when I was staying with my buddy in uh, Eswatini, Swaziland, living on a living on a farm there, and it's cool. But you get woken up early in the morning by the rooster, like. 4:30 a.m. or something like that. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine the fights breaking out? Everyone has roosters because they can't afford food. It's <laughs> at so 4:30 a.m. The, the, the whole of Brighton, Victoria is like. Oh fuck, George the rooster! Shut up, Trying to wreck the missus, Cape Dan. Yeah, so I mean, look, that hopefully it doesn't come to that. But um, look, time will tell. I, I think we're in for a, I think we're in for a, a, a tumultuous uh, couple of years. Um, I don't think. Look, I, going back to our original conversation, what's happening in Ukraine is horrific. But I think he'll he'll stop at Ukraine, and I don't think he. I agree with you that. I don't think he would want to have like 200,000 Russians just embedded there indefinitely sort of thing, getting picked off by Ukrainian resistance, but but who knows? Uh, and then in terms of finance, I think even before the war, that was in the cards, right? Uh, just with COVID. But you know what? Speaking of another trigger that got me, uh, communist, communist news network, CNN, generally really good war footage. You know, putting my warmonger hat on for a moment, but generally I don't I don't watch that much CNN, right? Occasionally, I kind of put it on to to see what they're talking about or whatever, because it's kind of like the Democrat mouthpiece, right? So I kind of watch it to see like what they're thinking and you know what the party's thinking or whatnot. And this guy who was the 
who was the head editor or sub-editor of the Atlantic newspaper comes on and he's like, yeah, the reason why you're paying so much uh, money for fuel at the moment at the pump is because of Russia, but we have to pay more money in order to help the Ukrainians and this is our bit that we have to do to help the Ukrainian resistance and this is the real reason why there's inflation and everything like that. Like I'm paraphrasing. Mm. So this dude basically said, forget the fact that we printed trillions of freaking dollars, right, which we haven't spent. They overshot it by like at least $3 trillion because they were just printing and printing and printing. And then now they're like, oh, yeah, nothing to see here. It wasn't our fault. It's because of the Russians. Like, this is what's starting to irritate me about this whole entire thing. And now the European Union's like, we stand with our Ukrainian brothers and we're going to help them and, and everything like that. And everyone's got the Ukrainian flags and the draped in the yellow. And, and then the Ukrainian guy that's standing there, right, his wife's got a gun, he's got a gun, right, and his child's in the basement. Is there anyone supporting them? No. They might get a couple of javelins sent to them. So it's just it's just so much rhetorical bullshit, mate. I'm I'm really getting over the news, mate. You know you know what my go-to thing is these days. What's that? I like to listen to reggae music on the TV. Play a bit of Sizzla Kolanji, uh, a bit of the Dean Fraser saxophone. Actually, I'll send you the link after we do the podcast and this cool saxophone player. I just like read books, chill out, chat to my buddies. I'm just I'm just kind of over all the drama, mate. Like Yeah, I think I'm surprised people aren't. It's just too much shit going on. Tiring. Just tiring. I think they are start, I think they are starting to get over it. Um it's just it's just too much, mate. It's like we had two years of, like, if you go see your grandmother or your mum with a cough, you're going to kill them. Now, everyone that I talk, look, touch wood, I still don't want to get COVID, but I'm going over to East Africa to my mate's wedding at end June. So, yeah, fuck, it's almost pretty certain I'll get it. But the mm-hmm. majority of people that I've had are just like, oh, it's a cough. I was, before we, we did this podcast, I was chatting to my mate Maddie up in Singapore, and he was like, mate, my whole family had it, and he goes, it was just couple of days sore throat you've had it yourself as well you know it's like but there was just a fear-mongering 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 now the war fear-mongering 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 now financial fear-mongering fear-mongering it's like give me a break give me a break like let me have a cup of tea talk to some nice ladies have a pleasant conversation you and I do a little bit of business and podcasting, and, and I think we just should enjoy life, brother, because it's it's just getting to the point, mate. Where I'm sick and tired of them trying to stress us out. Yeah, they just tire you out, and you just you know you'll just be like, ah, oh, whatever, who cares? So we're going through uh, war and essentially global reset and financial ruins and, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, all that sort of stuff. I like mm-hmm. to, you know me, you know me, I like to try and be positive. So what's some, what's some happy things that you've seen or you think about or something you're looking forward to? Uh, semester ending. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Just be actually just being done with school in general. That's a while ago. So meh, not much, I think. 
I'm hanging in there. It's the best I can say. Oh, oh you know God. what I'm looking forward to? The 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 um for all these vaccinated, differentiated measures to end. So if you're unvaxxed, you can be free again. But Singapore just again postponed their quote unquote streamlining of measures, which they actually admitted in an interview that they don't expect it will actually help at all with reducing because they were really stupid fucking stuff. It was like, oh, if you're in a group of five, you don't have to social distance and you don't need to wear your mask. But it's like, yeah, nobody's doing that anyway. Like if you're out at dinner with five people, you're sitting at a table without your mask on. But he's like, oh, if you're standing outside in a group of five and they're like, oh, we're not going to do that anymore, even though it's not going to, uh, uh, you know, increase the increase or decrease, whatever. It's not going to affect the number of cases, but we want to show it with in solidarity of our healthcare workers. And it's just like, what? I don't have the yeah, energy yeah. to do with you fucking people anymore. Oh, also one of the fucking MPs here, part of my French, came out and said that he thought all university degrees should have a timestamp on them and should be refreshed every five years. <laughs> oh, and no. then the backlash was huge. He was like, oh, look, I, God, like, I wasn't no. proposing it. It was just food for thought. I'm like, you old piece of shit bastard. Wrong. I'm like, how do you have the balls to go up there and actually say something like that? Like, you have people who go into so much debt getting degrees and so much stress. And then you have the fucking balls to be like, yeah, and after five years, you have to pay money again because for sure it's not going to be fucking free. Fucking charge the university. Yeah. It yeah. Holds, I'd, I'd learn how to horse ride and cavalry charge the fucking university. There's no way I'm going through that shit again. Plus, you know, look, university for me was awesome fun with, you know, the ladies and the parties, and I had yeah. the greatest time of my life. But now it's like, gosh, the millennials are scared, senseless and fucking shitless of everything, bro. They just wouldn't be the same vibe thing, man. They'd just could be you, like... Could uh, you imagine? Every five years, have to go back, pay money to a school that already gouged you. Maybe not in Australia, but in most other places, you have to, you know, spend a pretty penny to go there. Um if you're foreign student, if you're a foreign student here, then yeah, because you basically pay for the locals' education. But yeah, I yeah, did, yeah. I did a, a, a two honors degree, uh, uh, arts, arts. So I did a commerce degree, arts degree, combined honors and arts. So four degrees, uh, and the total was thirty-two grand. Yeah, for that's, however that's many a, years I was there, and cheap. then actually most of that was, I think, about twelve of that was from my honours degree because I had to hire the professor at full rate. So when I was seeing, I forgot how much he charged, was a couple hundred bucks an hour, whatever it was. So on the on the one-on-one meetings that I had with him, um, you know, we used, I used that, and that's kind of where it was. But, mate, that's just ridiculous. Yeah, it was funny. And I feel for you, man, because, I, I, you know, you're doing a full-on business degree. I just did a shipping degree, and it was like... That's fine. Oh, it's not it hard. It's just time-consuming. But that was it. But he got she got torn apart, and then he had to come out and put a correction on there. But it's like... Ugh. And most of these freaking ministers, you look at the positions they're in, they have zero experience in whatever it is they're doing. And this dude went from being, like, a police officer to being head of like the one of the public transportation companies here head of operations like how the fuck did that jump happen who's whose dick did you suck to get Mate, that our fucking prime job? minister our prime minister is uh, 
at the next prime minister, because I think we're going to go Labor, right? Yeah, I don't he, think anyone's going to vote for this clown. ScoMo. Mate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mate. He's the asshole who went on TV when someone's like, what happens if there's an adverse reaction to the vaccine? He's like, oh, well, that's on you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> huh? You're forcing me to get it. Yeah, your fault. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I've just, oh, mate, I've, I've just accepted, I've just accepted oh, my did fate. Did you know? Good news. Sorry. You want I, good news? Before I finish, though, so the, you're talking about ministers with experience. Yeah. This guy's going to be prime minister. Never, he's never worked in a business his whole entire life. That he's is. just like a union, a union. He's part of the communist newspaper, I think, in his uni days. Just oh, nice. Labour boy that works in the unions. And he's going to run one of the, one of the, the most, like, Biggest economies in the world. That's how it goes. Yeah. Anyway, what were you gonna say, bro? Oh yeah, Pfizer released their uh, their their trial statistics. A good portion of it because the courts are forcing them to do it. I think the negative side effects is like eight pages long. Oh, so I'm fucked, basically. Mm-hmm. Should check it out. Nobody's talking about it, obviously, because this whole Ukraine thing, and you know. Obviously, there's other things happening in the world that are taking. Up what the was the one? You know, you know, the best one was um, the government had to release the Contras scandal, where they were. It, it's on record, right? So I can say it. Mm-hmm. They were supplying crack cocaine to um, the uh, inner city America with the contestors oh, yeah, yeah. or whatever, and then funding the Iranians. Good times. And then they released it. <laughs> On the day, I think it was a Mona Lewinsky. <laughs> so no one paid attention. So yeah, yeah, but they love doing that, right? They have other, they have other shit happening in the world. They're like, oh yeah, but you know, look at this. Isn't yeah. that something? And then you anyway, just, uh... Broski, uh, you know, it's going to be a bit of a miss to edit again. But as always, I've loved talking to you. Put a smile on your doll, and to the listeners, just to leave you with something positive. Just know that you're loved from the Random Attractive Friends Aww. podcast. And if you're in Ukraine, good luck. And to all our Russians, well, we'll drink vodka with you. And in the words of Lucky Dube, let's come together as one. All right, Broski, have a good one, matey. Yeah, see you, man. See you, man. Bye.